When I get to heaven, I'm going to shake God's hand. Thank him for more blessings than one man can stand. Then I'm going to get a guitar and start a rock and roll band. Check into a swell hotel. Ain't the afterlife grand? And then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka, and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke All right, a that is John Prine, who unfortunately passed away due to complications from COVID-19. Here to talk about the importance of John Prine is Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music and a Journal of Musical Things. Welcome to the show, Alan. It's it's very sad news. I think that anybody I've ever met that, you know, is into folk music that plays a guitar knows a few John Prine songs. Yeah, he was, uh, I guess, what we'd call an underground cult artist. He did have his followings, but he never had a hit record. Uh, but he was admired by people in the music industry. He was discovered by Chris Christopherson at an open mic night in Chicago back uh, oh, late 60s, early 70s. He had been a mailman, and on his rounds, he would compose these songs in his head and was convinced to try this open mic thing. He saw, you know, Chris Christopherson came in and saw him and thought, wow, this guy is amazing, dragged him to New York, put him up on stage there, and after that, people began to talk about him as being the next Dylan. Now, there were a lot of next Bob Dylans in the late 60s and early 70s, but uh, you know, Prine was certainly one of them. Uh, Dylan became a, a fervent admirer. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was greatly influenced by him. And he ended up writing a lot of songs that other people recorded. And that's basically how he made his living, along with playing live. Yeah, I heard that um, Chris Christopherson once said, uh, he plays guitar so well, I'd like to break both of his thumbs. Something along those lines. Or he, he plays, uh, he writes songs so heavy, we may have to break his thumbs. Something along those wow. lines. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge loss. And let's talk. You, you mentioned that he was a big, you know, he was a bit of an underground star. There's also a guy who uh, passed away of COVID 19 that, you know, might not be on people's radars, but he was 64. His name was Hal Wilner. He was a record producer, produced for the likes of Laurie Anderson and Lou Reed. And he also worked on Saturday Night Live as their longtime sketch music producer. What do you know about him? Yeah, he was a. Um... He did a lot of, of all-star compilation records and all-star tribute records, and he would bring all kinds of weird people together to work on something that they had no business working on normally. For example, he brought uh, he did a, a, a jazz tribute album, and he brought in Tom Waits, for example. Uh, he did a bunch of those things. He produced records for Marianne Faithful. He produced records for Lou Reed. And he got a job on Saturday Night Live as, as I guess you would call him the music supervisor. So he was there for a very, very long time helping out with skits and um, whatever else needed to be done musically uh, for Lauren Michaels and the crew. And I know um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, sent out something last night saying that she was so saddened by his death because he was such a, a well-liked guy amongst the cast at Saturday Night Live. Yeah, one of the things that I, I just read about this morning and I thought, oh, I can't believe because I kind of like the quirky things and I like, you know, I'm a fan of Laurie Anderson. I've seen her live before. I... I I was really interested in probably his most fondly remembered full-length salute, um, which was a salute to the vintage music of Disney films. It's called Stay Awake. Yes, and on I remember this album, that. I don't know this album, but apparently Michael Stipe's on it, Bonnie Raitt, The Replacements, uh, Harry Nielsen, Tom Waits. They're all covering Disney tunes. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that he did. And there must be half a dozen of these... Uh of these tribute albums or comp compilation albums that he did. He became very well known for doing them. 
Uh, he would do, uh, you know, like I said, jazz things. And then the Disney one, I've forgotten about that Disney one. i got to go dig that one up. I can't remember what Michael Stipe did, but it must be weird and quirky. You're right. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about the fact that it seems to COVID-19, I know that it's a it's a disease that doesn't really discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, how famous, how not famous you are. But it's interesting with John Prine and then we had, um, you know, Hal Wilner pass away and Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne pass away last week. It's just so tragic because these are people that kind of fly under the radar unless you're, you know, really in the know. But they, but they seem to be able to uh, be connected to us through so many different projects that they get their hands into. And they're those type of people that are so incredibly talented, but kind of stay in the periphery. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that make a bunch of money staying out of the public eye. They are songwriters, they are consultants, they are producers, they are engineers, they are studio musicians, people that don't get, you know, the spotlight. Um, we've seen a couple of music industry executives either become very, very ill with uh, COVID-19. Lucian Grange, for example, who's the head of Universal Music, the uh, biggest major label on the world uh, he became very very ill but has apparently recovered and a couple of other executives have died as a result of really of COVID 19 yeah so you know once this is all over and done with we can you know there's going to be a tallying up of all the people that we've lost and uh, i think we're going to be very surprised that a lot of these backroom people these uh behind the scenes people who we really really depended on for variety for a variety of things uh are, are suddenly no longer going to be with it or no longer with us. We'll just wake up one day and everything's going to be back to normal. And it's like, wait, where did all these people go? Oh, well, and come to think of it, you know, they're in these places like uh, New York and London that is where they're residing. And those are the places that are being hit hardest by the COVID pandemic right now. Yeah. New York, London, Los Angeles, Chicago. Uh, these are all, you know, hot spots. And, um, you know, everybody's got to be really careful. I'm absolutely terrified about my parents. They live out in north of Winnipeg. Um, Dad's 85, mom's 83. Uh, they're still in their house. Uh, they seem to be fine, but, uh, you know, how can you not think about vulnerable people these days? Yeah, it's the toughest, man. I, I Same deal. haven't seen my parents in months now uh, just because we couldn't get together. And then, you know, now we really can't get together. And I got to... A father-in-law who's almost 90 that we see on a daily basis. And every time I walk in the house, I think, oh, please don't be asymptomatic. This is, yeah. you know, because he is in our bubble because we are, you know, caregivers as well. But uh, it's a scary time. Alan, as always, I appreciate your time today. You're very welcome. We'll talk soon.